Coming up on today's edition of the Locked On Raiders podcast, the team potentially trading tight end Darren Waller rumor seems like it's had cold water thrown on it. Plus, a lot of things that the old regime tried to do that made us scratch our heads when the moves were made, well, they're similar to what others are doing, including the new regime. We'll talk all about that. Your calls and texts will close out the show as we're one day closer to the NFL draft taking place in Las Vegas on April 28th. Still got a day to go, but it's all coming up on today's edition of the Locked On Raiders podcast for Wednesday, April 27th. 2022. Your Locked On Raiders, your daily podcast on the Las Vegas Just Raiders, win. part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Just win. Your team Just every win. day. Just win. You're win as a Raider. Pillaging just for fun. He'll knock you round and upside down and laugh when he's conquered and won. And welcome here, Raider Nation, to another edition of the Locked On Raiders Podcast. Thank you so much for making the show your first listen each and every day. Remember, you can find Locked On Raiders Podcast free and available on all platforms. And today's episode is being brought to you by Blue Nile. This Mother's Day, give mom something she'll treasure forever with fine jewelry from BlueNile.com. And all Locked On Raider Podcast listeners will get $50 off $500 purchase. Use that promo code LOCKEDON when you go to check out. And please believe we got plenty to get to on today's show here in segment number one, News in Notes. And I think when it comes to news and notes around the silver and black, and it's not quite the draft yet, it's all about Darren Waller. The report came out on Monday that the Raiders and the Packers were potentially in conversations about a trade for the star tight end. And really, it was more the Packers and their interest of Darren Waller and that they were heavily pursuing him. I had Peter Bukowski on the show on Tuesday talking about it, and uh, he was saying that there was interest. He was saying that he thought that the Packers would continue to pursue uh, Darren Waller, but it sounds like that that really has had a lot of cold water thrown on that report. Jeremy Fowler from ESPN said basically there's zero chance of a Waller trade. He tweeted out on Tuesday, got a firm zero chance Darren Waller is traded from a source. Teams certainly would like to acquire a top tight end on a good contract, but the Raiders have no plans to move on from Waller. So uh, that right there kind of made everyone from Raider Nation feeling a lot better about themselves. I know that I was very skeptical that they were going to move on from him, but at the same time, I realized that the NFL is a business and anything is possible. Uh, after the fact that you know Khalil Mack was traded, uh, I, I believe anyone is expendable. I believe anyone is able to be moved, and so I wouldn't not be shocked to see Darren Waller move, but didn't think that it made a whole lot of sense for the Raiders, this new regime, and the offense that they're trying to put together to not have Darren Waller be a part of it. Now, not saying that they're not going to move on from him after this year. You know, he'll be a year older. Uh, If they can get him to play on the contract that he's on right now, they might want to move on from him and say, hey, I don't want to pay this guy. Let someone else go ahead and pay this dude. I could totally see that. And it goes back to what the Patriots had traditionally done, right? Let a guy go a year before he's, uh, you know, not in his prime anymore instead of holding on to him a year too long. That's just kind of what the Patriots do. If you think back, that's what they did with Chandler Jones when they moved on from him and, and traded him to Arizona. Only problem was Chandler Jones was still really good. <laughs> you know, he was really good, went to Arizona, put up huge numbers, and now he's back with the silver and black, even though the Patriots organization is the one who decided, yeah, we don't want to give him this money. He's not going to be that guy anymore. Well, he just ultimately was that guy. And that's actually something I asked him when he signed his paperwork, when he signed his contract with the Raiders. I asked him about that. Did he feel like the Patriots moved on from too too quickly? And did that give him a chip on his shoulder? He said, yeah. Absolutely, it did. So that's kind of what the Patriots do. So if Darren Waller's moved next season, if they hold on to him this year and he's moved next season, it would not shock me. 
Now, Rob Demosky, he covers the Packers like a glove for ESPN, does a fantastic job. I had him on my radio show on Unnecessary Roughness, Raider Nation Radio 920 on Tuesday, and I asked him about the interest level with uh, Darren Waller. And it's funny because when I reached out to him to get him on the show, he had texted me back and said, yeah, I have no problem coming on talking about it, but I don't think there's a whole lot to do with this Darren Waller potential trade. And so when he came on the show, I asked him, well, why did you think that this really wasn't going to be a big deal when it came to Darren Waller and the Packers? Well, I mean, I report, I, you know, I did some digging, did some reporting and, you know, it sounds like there's part of it that was right in that the Packers were asking for Darren Waller in the, uh, trade talks with the, for the Devonte Adams deal, um, but I was told that that was the end of it. Um, that that it has not come up since. Um, does it mean that it that it won't sort of get rekindled here uh, before the draft? I mean, it's it, sure it is very possible. But at this point, I was told by you know people close to both the Packers and and the player himself that you know th- this this had died on the vine. Uh, you know, shortly after the the, the trade uh, situation with Adams. So, um, you know, I, again, I'm not, you know, I know the guy who reported it, he's good. He's, he probably has some information, um, but it's not the information that I had. Right. No, no doubt about it. And I've, I've seen some more reports, you know, Jeremy Fowler from ESPN had said that uh, there's no way that Waller's being traded, or at least that's what he's hearing. But of course, like you said, anything can happen uh, leading up to the yeah. draft and, and during the draft, because, well, that's just how crazy it is at some point. If if the Packers were to try to uh, come up with a trade for Waller, what do you think that they would give up? Would they give up that second round pick that the Raiders sent them is in, in, in return? Um, they probably would. I, just, I don't know that that's enough, though. I mean, the Raiders okay. might want their first round pick back, or or at least maybe they'd want the Packers' first round pick. Right. I, you know, this is a guy who uh, you know, as you guys know, you know, had had two uh, in two thousand what nineteen and two thousand twenty was was absolutely dominant. You know, I know last year he missed some games and had some some issues, but I mean, he was as good as it came. Uh, you know, for those two seasons, and you know, I, I, if I were the Raiders, I, you know, I'm not sure I'd give. I'd give him up for a second-round pick. So there you go. That's Rob Demosky from ESPN. He covers the Packers for NFL Nation on ESPN. Does a great job. And uh, you heard him right there say that he felt like the Darren Waller potential trade to the Packers was dead uh, after the Devontae Adams trade was already finalized. And then I doubled down. You know, you heard a follow-up from me right there asking about what he thinks that the Packers would be willing to trade. And I keep throwing out the second-round pick. I just didn't think that Darren Waller would fetch a first-round in return. And it sounded like Rob Demosky thought that, you know, there's a chance that the Raiders could get a first return so I stand corrected if that's the case you know a lot of people have hit me up and told me hey you know what Q they'll get a first round in return and I just kind of feel like they won't because well he had a down year he's a little bit older he's going to need a a contract extension and so I feel like all that's going to play against the trade and and when they ask for the request of a first round pick but uh, from multiple people that I've talked to it sounds like that a first round pick would go back in return for one Darren Waller so that's also something that the Raiders might want to think about and if you hold on to him for an extra year and he goes and balls out and has a big time year you really might be able to flip him and get that first round draft pick and maybe it's a little bit better than the 28th pick overall from the Packers who knows and and I don't know what's going to happen I'm no way advocating for the Raiders to go ahead and trade Darren Waller obviously it's just food for thought things to think about when it comes to the potential of Waller being on the move this year or next year. And my final little nugget for segment number one of today's Locked On Raiders podcast also comes from the interview I did with Rob Demosky on my radio show on Tuesday, and it just has to do with Nathaniel Hackett. He is the first-time head coach there in Denver. He comes over from Green Bay, so I really wanted to know 
What to expect from Nathaniel Hackett? What should Raider Nation expect to see from Denver's new head coach, Nathaniel Hackett? Energy, man. High-energy guy. Uh, absolutely loves his job and goes to – I've never seen anybody, you know, so happy. It's like he's never had a bad day. Uh, so, you know, like uh, that's the thing that, that stuck out to me about him. And, 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 you know, players really gravitated to that. But, but, you know, but yet it's not, like, disingenuous, you know, mm-hmm. like where – you know, like, I guess, like, he doesn't have a college coach mentality. You know, he's definitely, he treats these guys like, like grown men and professionals, yet he still knows how to have fun. And, yeah, I mean, I, I don't know if that means you're going to be a winning head coach or not, um, but I think when, when guys come to work every day and, and feel excited and comfortable, I, I think it gives you a chance. And, you know, I, I think that's what that's what he brings to the table. And, of course, you know, look, I mean, he's, he's been around football a long time. His dad was, was obviously highly successful in this business, one of the, really one of the inventors of the West Coast offense. And um, this guy's been around football his entire life. And, you know, I, I just think that, you know, he, he's learned under a bunch of different guys. Uh, he did not call plays here, as you said, um, but he was highly uh, involved in the, heavily involved in the game plan. Uh, heavily involved in, in observations during the game, which was he relayed down to Matt LaFleur, and they could make adjustments from that standpoint. So, uh, look, I, you know, we never know if any of these guys are going to be successful, but right. um, I would say this, he's got as good a chance as anybody. So there's Rob Demosky, who's been covering the Green Bay Packers for a very long time, obviously knows Nathaniel Hackett really well. Just thought it would be good to get his insight on who Nathaniel Hackett is, as now the Raiders will face him twice a year, as he's the head coach of the Denver Broncos and has Russell Wilson. I've been very kind of leery about him because he's never been a head coach before. And when he was an offensive coordinator and he was actually calling plays, that was in Jacksonville and it didn't go very well. He was not calling the plays there in Green Bay. That was Matt LaFleur. So we'll see how it all shakes out. I still question Denver and the success that everyone thinks that they're going to have in the AFC West. But that's that team that everyone's pointing the finger at like, oh, man, they're going to be great. I'll see it when I believe it. But that's what I got for you. Oh, one last note on Denver. Uh, They re-signed Melvin Gordon on a one-year $5 million deal for the running back. So he'll be back in Denver, back in Mile High for at least one more year on a one-year $5 million deal. But that's all I got officially for segment number one of today's Locked On Raiders podcast. Coming up in segment number two, I want to talk about the old regime, some of the moves that they attempted to make. And I know that they didn't work out, but kind of want to explain what some of the moves were. And this is something that has really become clearer to me over the past few weeks, past few months, whatever, day to day. A lot of things have opened up my eyes to what the old regime was attempting to do. It didn't shake out the way they wanted it to, but they were attempting to do some good things. We'll talk about that coming up in segment number two. Before I get to that, though, I do want to tell you about the title sponsor, which is Blue Nile. At BlueNile.com, you can celebrate all of life's special moments creating the custom engagement ring of her dreams, gifting the classic and timeless jewelry piece, all at prices you won't find at a traditional jeweler. Whether she prefers a statement piece or something that she can rock every single day, BlueNile.com has fine jewelry options for every mom. Shop high-quality classic diamond earrings, elegant tennis bracelets, or gemstone pendant necklaces. This Mother's Day, give mom something she'll treasure forever with fine jewelry from BlueNile.com. And all listeners of the Lockdown Raiders podcast are going to get $50 off $500. This podcast exclusive is only good through Mother's Day. Use promo code LOCKEDON. That's promo code LOCKEDON, plus every order is insured, ships free, and arrives in a discreet packaging that won't give away what's inside. Shop stress-free and find your forever peace. Go to BlueNile.com today. Your Locked On Raiders, your daily podcast on the Las Vegas Raiders. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, 
your team every day. All right, Raider Nation, here we go. Segment number two of today's Locked On Raiders podcast. Don't always like to reflect on the old and really want to focus on the new and what this Raiders team and Raiders regime, front office and coaching staff is doing, especially with the draft being tomorrow, right? Really want to focus in on that. And this is probably one of the last times that I'll actually take it back a little bit. But what I've been noticing as I've been kind of looking around the league, I've been looking at the players that are really starting to shine around the league and how everyone wants one of these guys. I've been noticing that some of the things that the old regime under John Gruden and Mike Mayock were doing, they were trying to do what's going on. They were trying to do some things that this new Raiders regime has done. They just didn't hit the right buttons and they didn't pick the right people. You know, one of the biggest examples I can go back to is they went and got Antonio Brown. I was a guy that was very much against it before they went and made that move. I thought, okay, I knew John Gruden really, really loved Antonio Brown. I knew that he always respected his work ethic and said he was the hardest working guy he met since Jerry Rice. So I knew that he really held A.B. in high regards. And so the minute that uh, Pittsburgh let it be known that he was a guy that could be had by a a way of trade, I I had a good feeling that John Gruden and company were going to go get him. And they did. I thought that they were going to have to give up a lot. I thought they were going to have to give up first-round pick and some, and they didn't. They ended up giving up a third and a fifth so you look at Antonio Brown and now you look at Devontae Adams what are both of those guys those are both alpha dog receivers and look I started to talk about this a little bit on my radio show on Tuesday but didn't really have the time so I didn't want to get into it I said hey I'll talk about this at another time but since the draft is tomorrow I didn't want to get into it too much later down the road I really want to start looking forward but it's just so crazy how you realize there were so many things that they did that are very similar It just didn't really pan out for that regime. And right now it's looking like this regime is at least hitting the right button. So this regime goes out and makes the move for Devontae Adams. We all know he's a high-character guy. We also know that he's the hardest-working wide receiver and probably the best wide receiver in the league. So you see what they did. Two alpha dog guys, they both had their eye on, decided to go get only problem is John Gruden decided, hey, I'm going to go with some guys that are a little bit edgier, or a guy, a guy that's a little bit edgier, a loose cannon, a guy that could be you know, either a boom or bust type move, and it ended up being a bust. It didn't end up working out at all, and we all know how it shook out after that. They gave a third and a fifth round pick, and Antonio Brown never played a down for him. Now, you bring in Devontae Adams, and you feel really good what this new regime has done. They gave a first and a second round pick for him, but you feel like he's going to go out there and contribute and be a big-time player for the silver and black. And then one thing that really stood out to me, especially once the news of Debo Samuel wanting out of San Francisco really started to surface, and I started to see so many of Raider Nation, especially on Twitter, and everyone knows that I spend probably too much time on Twitter, but I'm there and I'm seeing all the reaction. I'm seeing so many of Raider Nation saying, Raiders, go get Debo Samuel, go get Debo Samuel. And so it made me think, you know what's funny about that is the Raiders tried to go get Debo Samuel because what does Debo Samuel do? He's a wide receiver, but he also plays running back. The Raiders under John Gruden tried to do that. Now, Debo Samuel was drafted in round two in 2019. What did the Raiders do in 2020? They went out and drafted Lynn Bowden Jr. And what did John Gruden say? He's going to be our joker. He's going to be a jack of all trades. Yes, he was a wide receiver. They called him a, a running back. And everyone kind of scratched their head and said, what in the world is going on? Well, guess what? What is Debo Samuel? He's a wide receiver, but he gets played more like a running back. So as much as we all scratched our head, including myself, and was like, what the hell is John Gruden doing? Why the hell is Mike Mayock signing off on this as well? Why are they agreeing to do this? It's just they were trying to get their Debo Samuel. They were trying to do something that a lot of teams right now are currently doing, trying to get Debo Samuel. And now there's going to be a team, and and maybe we'll see this uh, take place on, on Thursday during the draft. We'll see a team reach out and trade for Debo Samuel. 
I mean, he might not get out of San Francisco, but there's a chance that he does. And that's because teams covet that Joker mentality, that Joker kind of guy who could play many different roles. So John Gruden wasn't wrong when he was trying to get that guy. It just didn't turn out. He didn't get the right guy. You know, he got a guy that, just like Antonio Brown, never played a down for the silver and black. And I know Tyler Dunn from what well, used to be a Bleacher Report, and I got a lot of respect for him. He's been on the podcast before. He's been on my radio show before. I know he put out a piece talking about Lynn Bowden Jr. was going to be the biggest uh, weapon and the biggest threat across the league in 2021. And he was going to take the league by storm. He didn't do squat. Never even got on the field for the Dolphins, you know? So uh, it just ended up being the wrong guy. And then you also think about what John Gruden and Mike Mayock tried to do. You know, they tried to do a lot of things that the Patriots have done, you know? Have a couple dynamic tight ends. We talked about Darren Waller and Foster. Foster Moreau. Foster Moreau, who was drafted in 2019, still hasn't really stepped up to be that guy yet. Even when he had an opportunity to, to shine last season when Darren Waller was out, he really didn't do that. But you see what they were trying to do, put the right pieces in place. And it looks like, by the sounds of everything, Foster Moreau has a, a pretty big future with the Raiders. You know, everything that Derek Carr has been saying sounded like Foster Moreau is in, in line for a, a, a new payday. You know, I just, I mean, it just sounds like something because Derek Carr has mentioned Foster Moreau many times. They go out there and they get Hunter Renfro, big time slot receiver. What did the Patriots do? It's always used their slot receivers in a major way. Hunter Renfro in 2021 showed us he could be that guy. Now you got Josh McDaniels in the fold and you think Hunter Renfro is not going to be the dude? Come on, man. How much has Derek Carr talked about Hunter Renfro? Going to get paid, going to get paid, going to get paid. So there's a lot of things that they did that I think that they had the right intentions I just don't think that they had the definition to detail. And that's where I think the biggest difference in regimes is going to be. And I think that's where you're going to see the biggest difference in these regimes. The definition to detail is there. The dotting all the I's, the crossing all the T's, making sure that this guy is a good fit with the team. Like Devontae Adams, before they invested a first and a second, they said, yeah, this is why this is going to be good. And yes, this dude is an A1 citizen. This guy is grounded. This guy is humble. This guy is a hard worker. Not just, well, this guy has a lot of talent, so we think you're going to roll with it, right? And this is something that we heard about John Gruden quite a bit from folks that have worked with him over the years for many years with different organizations, the Raiders and Tampa Bay, is that he loves a guy quickly, and then all of a sudden he falls out of love with a guy quickly. And so you can't do that when you're all of a sudden investing in these players and you're making big-time decisions like a trade, like this new regime has done for Devontae Adams or even the old regime did for Antonio Brown. It's just not going to work. The only thing that the old regime got lucky with is that the picks that they gave up were a third and a fifth and not a first and a second. You know, I mean, and still a third and a fifth and getting nothing in return is still bad. But man, could you imagine if it had been a first and a second and they got nothing in return? That would have been all bad. So now you go through some of the players that the Raiders have drafted since, uh, you know, Gruden and Mayock were there, especially Gruden when he returned uh, right before the 2018 draft. Of course, they got Colton Miller in the first round. Boom, that was a good pick. He's got a second contract. 2019 first round, Josh Jacobs. I believe that that's a good pick. I like Josh Jacobs, what he brings to the table. I think that he'll even get his fifth year option picked up that the Raiders have to make a decision on that by Monday. Trayvon Mullen, second round pick of 2019. He's good. Can he stay healthy this year? I think that training camp and I think that this year is going to be a big one for Trayvon Mullen because he's got to find a way to get it done. Oh, by the way, he's going into the last year of his contract. Max Crosby just got extended, so that's a big-time player. Foster Moreau already talked about him, waiting for him to step up. Hunter Renfro, he has stepped up, about to get paid. John Simpson, developmental, 2020. He came out of that draft. He played a lot last year. You know, can he take that next step? That's a question. Brian Edwards, looks like he could be a decent player, but he's underwhelmed. Can he take that next step? I think 
think training camp will be big for both those guys, Simpson and Brian Edwards. And then you got your 2021 first round pick in Alex Leatherwood. Are you a tackle? Are you a guard? Where do you stick? Can you be worth the pick? You know, can you turn into Colton Miller where all of a sudden in the second year you really step up? Alex Leatherwood played all season his rookie year, so he's got plenty of experience under his belt. Now can he take the next step? Second round pick, Trayvon Merrick. I like what he brought to the table. Played about almost every snap in 2021, so I think he's going to continue to grow. Malcolm Kuntz, there's a question about him. I think that he has flashes. He looks like he has potential. Uh, He didn't play that many snaps, but he was able to uh, have some production when he was in the game in 2021. So you feel like, okay, that could be a good piece. Divine Diablo, I think that that's a good piece to be in that linebacking position. I think he's going to help, especially in coverage. I think he's going to be exactly what Patrick Graham is looking for in that linebacking core with this new defense. And then Tyree Gillespie, I think that's a big unknown. Didn't get out there on the field enough. As much as we talk about the Raiders needing safety help, maybe Tyree Gillespie could help out there. Now, he's a big unknown, so he's going to have to prove a lot during training camp. He's going to have to prove a lot during the preseason and then also try to find his way onto the 53-man roster and do more than just special teams. But that's going to be up to him to earn that spot. Again, he didn't get enough burn in 2021 for us to have a good idea of who he really is. And then we'll close things out with Nate Hobbs. And I think that we all can agree that that's a really good player. Came out the fifth round. I think that uh, we all know Nate Hobbs has a bright future in this league as long as he can keep his nose clean and what I mean by that is not substances going up his nose I just mean doing things right off the field we know he had a few dust-ups his rookie year he can't afford to keep having those he's got to make sure that he stays on the straight and narrow and just sticks to stick the ball in on the field and staying out of trouble off the field again he hasn't gotten anything too major but you never know something minor could turn into something minor that's a little bit more major and then something minor could turn into something major and you don't want that so uh, but Nate Hobbs is a promising young player you know so there's a lot to like there's a good foundation, something that we used to hear from Mike Mayock all the time. We're trying to build a foundation. We're trying to build a foundation. Well, guess what? There's foundational pieces there. I just ran off all these guys that are young dudes foundational pieces and then you have some really good veterans there as well in Devontae Adams in Chandler Jones you know you have guys like Jonathan Hankins that are there of course Derek Carr is the the leader he's the CEO of that offense I mean you got Darren Waller who knows how long he'll be there but you know he's got Darren Waller there's pieces to like about this squad they just got to put it all together and so it's funny as much as and I like I said before at the very beginning of this I've been guilty of bashing the old regime there's a lot of things that they did really well a lot of things they did really well. And if this team is successful, like I think it's going to be in 2022, you do got to look back and kind of tip your cap and say, hey, man, thanks for bringing some of those ingredients to the table. You just didn't cook the dinner the best way. You didn't cook the dinner. You kind of cooked the dinner like I would cook it. You know, I'd mess it up even though the ingredients are good. You just need someone that's a chef that can actually go in and say, oh, these are great ingredients. Let me go ahead and put this meal together. Now we're just waiting for this new regime and this new front office to continue to put the meal together. The ingredients, though, I do feel are there with more ingredients on the way coming up this weekend with the draft and obviously the undrafted free agents and continuing with uh, free agency after that. So that's all I got for you for segment number two of today's Lockdown Raiders podcast. Coming up in segment number three, your calls and texts straight off that Lockdown Raider podcast voicemail line, 707-654-4693. Before I get to any of that, though, I do want to tell you about Built Bar, and there's a lot going on with Built Bar, including the Built Granola Bars. What do you know about the Built Granola Bar? That's right. 15 grams of protein. They have chocolate peanut butter flavor, white chocolate berry, built granola bars. I don't know if you're a big granola bar fan, but I know I was back in the day. White chocolate berry, chocolate peanut butter, chocolate coconut. They got a granola mix box. They got everything that you could possibly need. If you're a granola bar type person, 
Built Bar has got you covered. I definitely encourage you to go ahead and check it out. Look at the website at Built.com. 100% real chocolate, 100% delicious, great flavors, and everything they put out, whenever they put out a new product, it never disappoints. So check it out today, Built.com. Use that promo code LOCK15. You're going to save 15% off your order when you go to check out. And I'll tell you right now, I'm getting some of all of them. I'm going to go ahead and get that granola mix box, white chocolate berry, chocolate peanut butter, chocolate coconut. I encourage you to do the same. Built.com, promo code LOCK15. Your Locked On Raiders, your daily podcast on the Las Vegas Raiders. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team Every day. Here we go, Raider Nation. Segment number three of today's Locked On Raiders podcast. Time for your calls and text straight off that Locked On Raider podcast voicemail line, 707-654-4693. Let's start things off with Raider Wallace calling from Scotland. He's calling to talk about the Darren Waller trade talk and if he believes he has a long-time future with the Raiders. Here he is, Raider Wallace in Scotland. Hey, Q. Raider Wallace in Edinburgh, Scotland. I just wanted to give you a call. Uh, thanks for the work you're doing, man. It's great stuff. Um, love to you, your family, Raider Nation. Uh, I just wanted to give you a call on Darren Waller. Um, I think the key to this is clutch sports. Um, you know, when a player goes with a big agency, they pay more of a percentage, but the payback is they get more of a deal. And I think with Dave Ziegler already saying that there's a sweet spot in every deal. Clock sports just don't do sweet spots, man. And I think that's the problem. I think Darren Waller is a fantastic player for the Raiders and a fantastic person. Um, But I just don't see a long-term future with Darren Waller. And, And I think there's a lot of credibility in the stories that are coming out because I just don't see that he can have with the deal that he'd want I just don't see it going forward. Anyway, I'd uh, love to hear your thoughts, man. All good. Raiders! There he goes. That's Raider Wallace in Scotland. Thank you so much for the call, my man. You make a lot of sense. I could totally see all that that you just said happening. I could see the Raiders letting him play this year out, then trading him after the season, especially if he's coming off a big year. Now, I'm not saying that I want that to happen. I'm not saying I'm encouraging that to happen or that that's going to happen. I'm just saying that I can see that. They might be able to get top dollar for him if he's coming off a healthy and very successful year with some big numbers. And with the weapons around him, I could see him being open for some big numbers. You know, I could see him up for a big season. So, yeah, that makes a whole lot of sense. It's kind of something I alluded to in segment number one. Thank you so much for that call. I do appreciate you. Next up, I got a text from Psychedelic Raider in the 714. He says, Q. Psychedelic Raider in the 714. So cool to hear your voice on that Raiders video. Just keep doing what you're doing, man. It's paying off. Here's a little mock draft Monday to show there's value in trading back at 86 if possible. Also, P.S., take all the draft grades with a grain of salt. You basically just get good grades for taking guys at where PFF projects them to go. If you select players before they project, you get dinged. You also get dinged for taking guys with lower PFF scores, and they like it when you pick players with good PFF scores. It's all a bunch of bull. That being said, I do like how the grade trades shook out for me. Psychedelic Raider out. So thank you, first of all, for making me feel bad now that I had good grades and apparently they weren't worth the salt. But uh, no, nah. anyway, uh, thank you for that. Here is uh, Psychedelic's mock draft. Off top, he made a trade with the Tampa Bay Buccaneers in round three, gave them pick number 86, got pick 91 in round three, and in round seven, pick 248, and in round seven, 261. So with number 91 in round three, he got linebacker, Brian Asamoah out of Oklahoma. Got an A-plus on that. Round four, pick 126. Tackle Logan Bruss out of Wisconsin. A-minus for that. Round five at 164. This was always a tough one for me. Defensive lineman Curtis Brooks out of Cincinnati. 
C-plus for that one. Round 5, 165, the very next pick, cornerback De'Aaron Kendrick out of Georgia. Got a D for that. See, round 5 is always a tough one. I'm telling you, round 7, 227, cornerback De'Ron Bland out of Fresno State. He got an A for that. And then round 7, 248, quarterback Brock Purdy out of Iowa State. Got an A-. minus. That was uh, his draft right there. Oh, wait, he had one more pick. Round 7, 261, linebacker Nephi Sewell out of Utah. Got a B-plus for that overall grade, an A. That comes from my guy, Psychedelic Raider in the 714, and that's a, a aggressive, nice little uh, draft right there, mock draft, and I like it. And the one thing I do know about it is that there is uh, apparently a ton of talent where if they were to trade back and get a couple extra picks, they could get some quality players in the fifth, in the sixth, in the seventh round because it's a pretty deep class with talent. Nobody overwhelming where they're just elite, elite talent and elite, elite players, but a lot of good quality talent, a lot of good quality depth that the Raiders could kind of stock pile the cupboards of of the talent pool if they were to go ahead and get so I like that trade my man and I like the way that that mock draft shook out so thank you so much for it next up got a call from Jordan in Oregon he's calling to talk about the possibility of a Darren Waller trade and the response to the interview with Peter Bukowski host of Locked on Packers from Tuesday's show here he is Jordan in Oregon hey what's going on Q Jordan in Oregon man you and, and your guy Peter from the Packers just about took my, my truck off the road this morning, man. I just wanted to call in and kind of stomp on Peter's prayer. Man, that guy is excited to tr- the idea of getting Waller. And it, that little section was making me sick all the ways he was already planning on using our guy Waller. <laughs> oh, man. But anyway, Q, I want to call in. I, I just don't see this happening. I don't see, I you know, I know it's, Kind of the most obvious way to put it is I don't see us getting rid of one of our star players, and that that could that sounds ridiculous after everything Raider Nation has been through. I won't get into number fifty-two, but yeah, star players can up and go anytime. But I just don't see this. I don't see this. Waller is hasn't showed any sign that he's going to hold out. Is he underpaid? Yeah, but is he going to be eligible probably in the year to get a new deal? I would think so. I mean, what happens when a, when a guy his age comes off an injury year, it's a little bit hard to, to just know their value right off the bat as well. I mean, I'm not trying to say he's an old man, but he's, he's not like, uh, when Waller broke out, it wasn't like he was 22 years old. I mean, I think he's, he's approaching 30 right now. And I, I can't, uh, say for sure his age, but, Anyway, Q, I just think that this is this is one of those scenarios that people are maybe thinking into this too much is the Raiders really have no reason that they have to get rid of Waller. And when you have the best players on your team and it's set up to where you don't have to get rid of them, I just don't see why that would make much sense for us. But, hey, that's just coming from a guy that uh, kind of plays armchair QB on his own. So, you know, Q, I, I don't really – know what's going to happen with this, but I just don't see that being a smart move by the Raiders, especially when next year we could be set up pretty good to get him a new contract. So anyway, appreciate everything you're doing. I've been loving your podcast and all the calls, and I can't wait for the draft. So have a great week, man. Look forward to hearing from you after Thursday. Peace out. There he goes, Jordan in Oregon. Thank you for the call, my man. I'm with you, and I've been with you. I don't think that Darren Waller is a guy that – Needs to get moved. I don't think that the Raiders should move him, especially not right away. You know, I've mentioned multiple times I can see it happening in the future because of everything that, you know, the Patriots have done in the past where they let guys go a little bit earlier than uh, holding on to him a little bit late. But uh, I do think that Darren Waller is a key cog to this offense that they're going to be putting out on the field in 2022. And the best place for him 
is with the Raiders. And I don't think that he's going to be on the move. Uh, didn't think that when the reports came out on Monday, but really uh, felt a lot better than that after Jeremy Fowler from ESPN got a firm no that Darren Waller is not going to be traded. Now, of course, that's what they say right now. You never know how it's going to shake out, but once the draft's over, then we can all go back and reset and say, okay, this is what the roster looks like. So thank you so much for that call, my man. I do appreciate you. Next up, I got a text from Joby One Kenobi in Arlington, Texas. He said, hey, I said some wrong things about Ziegler and McDaniels. I was wrong for that. I'm so excited about the draft and what they're about to do together. does not matter that we don't have a first round or a second round picks. I'm very confident they'll make great picks later in the rounds. Another Crosby, another Renfro, another Hobbs. Sorry if I missed anyone else. We drafted one each in different years. What if we get three in one draft? This draft, I cannot wait. That's Joby One Kenobi in Arlington, Texas, coming around on the McDaniels and Ziegler uh, combination there with the Raiders in the front office and the coaching staff. Uh, if you remember, Joby One Kenobi was one that wasn't a big fan of them because they were Patriots, but uh, did come around and say, hey, you know what? I was wrong. I got to get over it. These guys are now Raiders, and that's who I'm rocking with. I rock with the silver and black. I'm rocking with those guys, and now you hear he's pumped up and excited about the draft that gets started tomorrow underway right here in Las Vegas. Joby One Kenobi, thank you for that text, my man. I appreciate you. Just got a couple more I want to get to real quick. How about Raider Matt in the OC? He's actually calling to talk about the topic I had on my radio show the other day, Monday, I think it was, when I was asking, how do you know, and when will you feel comfortable and say that this new front office regime is a success. Here he is, Raider Matt in OC, sharing his thoughts. What's up, Q? It's a Raider Matt calling from OC. Wanted to call in after listening and uh, catching up on the uh, radio show, Unnecessary Roughness. I was listening to Monday's episode. And I uh, wanted to call in. I know the topic that we've kind of discussed and that you've had on the podcast here, which is when to consider the new regime and the front office um, and coaching staff a failure. And on the radio show, you're talking about like when to consider them a success as well. And uh, ABA Ivan Davis and Fargo Raider had some good points on there. And uh, I'm going to kind of chime in and think this is a good kind of like topic uh, for the podcast, especially leading up to the draft. And the NFL and coaching staff, everyone's in a win now league. Um, I think that McDaniels and the coaching staff, we're not going to know if they're a success or if they're a failure until at least the end of this season. Um, I think it was a uh, Fargo Raider. They said like two years. Um, and the coaching staff, I mean, McDaniels took this job for a reason, man. This is a, this is a good team and it's a playoff caliber team. I think that it would be a failure this season if they're not a double digit win team and they don't, and they miss the playoffs. Um, that would be a failure in my opinion. So, uh, I think McDaniels and company, they have a year, um, to really kind of consider like, hey, like, did they make things work this season? Um, two years, I think is a good kind of timeline to judge if, it's two years in a row, and McDaniels ain't getting the job done. This is a playoff team, and, man, he got to figure it out quick. But uh, on the GM side, Ziegler, I wanted to throw out there that the Gruden era obviously started off with a very interesting way, which was trading away our best player, um, arguably our best player. Trading away Khalil Mack was uh, kind of a what-the-heck-is-going-on-here moment uh, for myself and I think a lot of other Raider fans. Ziegler has done the exact opposite, which is trading for some of the best players in the NFL, which is Devontae Adams. Um, the fact that he pulled that off was pretty darn impressive. And then to cap it off, man, like Chandler Jones, um, I think you mentioned the show, who the hell saw that coming? I didn't. Um, that was a great signing. We also traded away um, Yannick Ngakwe, got a good pick, uh, a good player with Rocky Asin. There were some, there were some good moves from Ziegler in this offseason so far. And I think on the GM side, and really when you can consider them a success or a failure, 
it's got to be about two to three years at least. Um, teams and GMs, same thing when you get like a new college coaching for football. It takes a, it takes a hot minute to get the players you want and build the team that you want. I think this team is in a win now mode, which McDaniels, it's playoffs or bust this year. Um, if it's two years in a row, I think that's an easy failure. And I think he, McDaniels will be the first to tell you if they don't make the playoffs this season, it'd be a failure of a season. But Ziegler and company, they started off on the right foot, which is kind of opposite of, uh, the Gruden era and even the Mayock era. I mean, the first pick he had was Cleve Farrell at four. I mean, that is, I don't know what else you'd call that besides the biggest reach I think I've seen. And then his time ran out, which is kind of funny because I said I had a couple that I was going to get to real quick, and that was a little bit longer than a real quick. But I think that we all understand what the, what the point of the call was. Uh, I think everyone has a few ideas of when they can call this front office a success. I think right now it definitely looks like one. But as I asked John McClain the same thing on Tuesday on my radio show, and he said, hey, it's going to take a couple years, especially since this team was a team that went to the playoffs. So now the, the question is, can this new regime get this team from the playoffs to the next level that's their next challenge not getting them to the playoffs that's not the challenge they were already a playoff team now they got to take that next step and of course the coaching staff will know by the wins and losses that they have on the field so we'll find that out pretty soon but that front office if they're hitting all the right buttons and get all the right players in the draft and free agency you'll know sooner rather than later but again you got to see if they can take that team from where it was to the next level i do appreciate you and as i mentioned in segment number two uh, the Gruden and Mayock era wasn't great, and a lot of the picks that they made weren't fantastic, but there are a bunch of foundational parts that I went over in great length in segment number two. So thank you so much for that call. Final text is from Emerson in North Texas. He says, what's up, Q? This is Emerson from North Texas. I have two things. One, I'm changing my name from now on to North Texas Raider. And two, you asked on Unnecessary Roughness what it would take for me to be completely sold on this regime. For me, if we walk out of this draft with two starters, given that we've already traded one and two, you could plant the sold sign in my brain. Thanks for all you do for the nation. That's from Emerson in North Texas, who's now going by North Texas Raider. Thank you so much for that. And, hey, I get it, man. If you got five picks, at least five picks, and you can come out with two starters or two impact players, I like to call them, then, yeah, I think that's a success. But more importantly, man, I just like the way that they're putting everything together. I love the fact that they're rewarding homegrown talent and letting them be known that, hey, if you go ahead and you work your tail off and you do things the right way, you will get rewarded here. You don't have to go somewhere else to get a contract. I think that that's a major, major factor. So thank you so much for that text. Thank you, everybody, for all the feedback on today's show. Coming up tomorrow, we'll continue this thing. We'll keep the party rolling. We'll have more news and notes of the day. We'll have more calls and texts throughout that Locked On Raider podcast voicemail line. And I may even check in with the odds maker. That's right. I got a guy that has hit me up that is interested in being a part of the show. So I think I'll have Kyle Newman from Odds Checker US. He was on the show last year talking AFC West uh, division and the odds on who's going to win the division and who's not going to win. Uh, he was on the show last year. Uh, I'll probably have him on for a little bit on tomorrow's show as well as we prepare for the NFL draft. Get ready for it Thursday evening starting at 5 p.m. Pacific Standard Time. And, of course, we'll have all the recaps the rest of the week. So thank you so much, Raider Nation. Buckle up. We're almost at the finish line for the NFL draft. Take care of your family. Love on your family. Thank you so much for making the show your first listen each and every day. Remember, you can find the Lockdown Raiders podcast free and available on all platforms. Until tomorrow, Raider Nation, as always, Just win, baby.